0: August 30th, 2018, San Francisco. The Sales Development Conference. The first and only live conference 100% focused and dedicated to sales development. Join over 300 of the top minds in sales development for a full day of learning, forging new relationships, and creating the next generation of sales development excellence. This year, we have dedicated tracks for sales development leadership, as well as a track for individual sales development representatives including a full day of ultra-useful hands-on training. Bring your whole team to get the tools, research, and connections you need to accelerate your career and push your sales development program forward. Accelerate your growth at the Sales Development Conference 2018. Go to 10bound.com conference to get your tickets today. That's 10bound.com conference. You're listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum focused and dedicated 100% to sales development. If you care about growing your skills and getting more new sales appointments, pipeline, and closed one deals, you came to the right place. Subscribe to the show on YouTube, iTunes, or Spreaker, and be sure to go back and listen to all the episodes for the best strategies, tips, and tactics out there on running a high-performance sales development program. And now, your host, founder, and CEO of TenBound at tenbound.com, David Delaney.
1: Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. I'm David Delaney, your host, with my esteemed guest, a good friend of Chad Burmeister, so he must be an amazing person. (laughs) This is Mr. Scott King, Director of Pipeline Development with Zimperium. How are you doing today, Scott? I'm doing great, David. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm honored to have you on this show as a a fan of your podcast. If folks have not checked out your podcast, I believe it's thescottking.com, right? Where they can check it out? Yeah,
2: thescottking.com. And uh, most of my tags are thescottking. So Twitter at thescottking and all my usernames. So pretty much if you type that in to Google, you'll find all my stuff.
1: Yeah. And it's it's like a treasure trove of information. Definitely. I want to introduce you and, and, and tell people about it, but I'll put that in the show notes as well. So as people, as they learn more about you, they can listen to some of those episodes because there's a great deal of information. But Scott, you're the director of pipeline development. How did you you know build your career to that point? If people don't know about you, give us the, the quick download on, on Scott King. How I built my career into pipeline development?
2: Well, that's interesting. I'm not. I'm not actually sure. You know, the the first technology sales job I ever had was at a company in Dallas called I2 Technologies, and we sold supply chain software and decision making software. And my first job was, you know, as an inside sales rep, right? And I was calling into Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana territory, calling into COOs and CEOs and CFOs, talking about supply chain, and. Like I just got it. I guess I was just really good at it. I read this was pretty much before the internet, right? It was before definitely all the online resources that we have now, right? There was no LinkedIn. There was no Twitter. I think we had one source. And it's basically like a predecessor to Hoover's, I think.
1: I remember that. Yep.
2: Yeah. So we used one source and we we read 10K reports and 10Q reports. And we were looking for nuggets and we called about you know public information. So got really good at that and was just, you know, always on the phone, always used to talking to somebody that I couldn't see. And, you know, throughout the years, I had different technology sales jobs. And then, then I got a job at a startup in Dallas called ITKO. And I was basically answering questions from the website. right? We were trying to learn how we were going to market and learn what all of our visitors wanted to, to hear from us. And I basically, since I talked to so many people, I, you know, I, I knew all the answers to all the frequently asked questions and, you know, just became really, really good at pitching it. You know, I was pitching it one, two, three times a day, at least, and uh, just got really, really good until the, the CEO, who is a good friend of mine, Sridhar Mittal, he's the CEO also over here at Zimperium, and he said, hey, you're really good at all the, you know, this early stuff. You know, would you mind being in marketing? You know, could I need some marketing help? Would you, would you mind helping out the marketing team? Because like you just get it, you know, it's easy for you. So I said, sure. And that's basically how I got into marketing. You know, Sridhar asked me to. So I said, yes. And I'm still here. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, I think to be a good salesperson, you have to be a good marketer and to be a good marketer, you have to be a good salesperson. So, you know, you, you came through the ranks and and you developed your skills and now you got into marketing. And as you, you know, have developed your career and looked at the relationship with the sales development team, the big burning question in our community is where should sales development sit and, uh, you know, what has been your experience in working with sales development, you know, at, from a marketing perspective?
2: So you mean where should they sit in an organization?
1: Is that what you mean? Yeah, it, it could be where, where do they sit in the office? You could put them in the closet or something like that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's, uh, you know, uh, from an org chart perspective, should they report to marketing? Should they report to sales? Where should they be on that org chart?
2: You know, I, I don't think it really matters that much because, you know, in my view, everyone is in sales. The CEO is in sales. All the marketing people are in sales. The salespeople obviously are in sales. But I think the, the people that actually help you develop and service the product, they're also in sales, right? Especially with SaaS, with all the retention numbers that we need to pay attention to you know, a developer fixing a bug, that's a customer service issue. He's in sales, right? He's making happy customers. So, so one, I would say that the sales development, you know, they, they are a sales team and then, you know, and I think they're also a marketing team. So I've seen them report back to both, right? So we have a small sales development team here at Zimperium. They sit in marketing, right? They sit right near me. And, you know, I, I, they, you know, they hear all the chatter, but you know, I think from an overall spec perspective, I really don't think it does matter one way or the other. I think it just needs to make sure that you know their their role and in, in in the wholesale cycle just needs to be defined, so you know they they can be clear on how to achieve success. So,
1: however they're going to be most successful, I would say put them there. Got it. Okay, that's really interesting. So if you look at the the organization, you know, the usual organization is still set up in a way that it was 10, 20 years ago in, in a lot of respects. But yet the way that we sell, especially with with software as a service, has changed quite a bit. So, you know, what are your thoughts on, on the organization? Should, should we just like erase the whiteboard and, and start over to be more in tune with the way that we're selling and the customers? Or I guess just kind of, continue to morph it the way that we're doing right now.
2: I think I mean really my answer would depend on the price of your product. With with lower end products, there there's probably not, you know, a sales development function. You know, it's just the sales guy. And, you know, it's all phone and internet based. Whereas if you have higher ticket items, you know, once you move into software or services that's over $100,000, you know, that is a big complicated process, right? Those sales cycles are anywhere from, you know, 9 to 24 months I'm thinking. And and so I think, you know, from a from that perspective, it depends on on how it's priced. If you look at the bigger software companies, your SAP, Oracle, CA technologies, you know, BMC, they have expensive products, right? And long sales cycles. Their sales development teams typically are, you know, setting appointments or answering web traffic. Whereas you look at, you know, some online services like, you know, I'm thinking of like website little widgets like Drift or something that you can buy. You know, I'm sure they don't even have a sales development function. I'm not sure, but I would imagine that you know, maybe they use kind of a round robin sales process or some type of geography based sales process where, you know, you are your own SDR. So I think it depends. Yeah,
1: yeah no, that totally makes sense. Because I, I think about how, for example, Slack, you know, came on the scene a few years ago, and suddenly, everyone was using Slack. And it was like product led, you know, marketing versus, you Something where you, you have to go out and actually explain what it is and get people to do a trial and kind of handhold them through that process. It's a completely different thing. So I, I would assume, yeah, uh, like a drift or slack probably doesn't have a sales development team, but who knows? If you, if anybody from those companies is listening, leave it in the comments and, and I, I'd be curious to see. Because I remember a couple of years ago, inbound marketing was the big thing and HubSpot was leading the charge on inbound marketing. And someone came to me and said, you know who has one of the most sophisticated outbound programs in, in in the SaaS world is HubSpot. And I was like, Huh, that's interesting. I thought that, you know, they could just sit back and get leads all day, but I guess not.
2: <laughs> yeah, that may be a good way to delineate what I was talking about earlier. You know, one, if I can go to your website and I can try it without talking to someone, I think that's a different process. And then secondly, if I go to your website and I need to talk to someone to install a trial or start a proof of concept, then, you know, that that kind of puts you into that longer sales cycle. Right. Because if you want to talk to me to try it, that means probably probably. That you know, I need some type of cloud access or VPN for you to give me the product, or you know, some type of configuration so I can use it in my own environment. And that leads to a more complex sale. So you know, maybe let's just say whether or not I can try it by myself.
0: August thirtieth, twenty eighteen, San Francisco, the Sales Development Conference, the first and only live conference, one hundred percent focused and dedicated to sales development. Join over three hundred of the top minds in sales development for a full day of learning, forging new relationships, and creating the next generation of sales development excellence. This year, we have dedicated tracks for sales development leadership, as well as a track for individual sales development representatives, including a full day of ultra-useful hands-on training. Bring your whole team to get the tools, research, and connections you need to accelerate your career and push your sales development program forward. Accelerate your growth at the Sales Development Conference 2018. Go to 10Bound.com slash conference to get your tickets today. That's 10Bound.com slash conference.
1: Yeah, exactly. That, that totally makes sense. And let me ask you something that I'm, I'm curious about from a marketing perspective, just to kind of switch gears, is it seems like it's getting harder and harder to get the message out. And these companies like some of those, you know, Slack or Drift, you know, they take off virally, but other companies really struggle and sometimes even go out of business. From a marketing perspective, are there two or three things that you see in your practice that are really working to, you know, be able to communicate with people? And the reason I bring this up is it seems like there's almost a war for attention going on and people's attention spans are becoming shorter and shorter. And it's it's just harder to kind of get in front of people with a message.
2: Yeah, you said a couple of things. So so one, it's it's harder to get the message out. I would say it's easier to get the message out, which is why you know, which is the cause of our attention spans, right? We just get too much information thrown at us. So we just ignore everything. So I I think really what you mean is how do I grab somebody's attention, right? Because it's easy to send an automated message, right? And and we get automated messages and, and a lot of them are really, really poor, right? You can tell that they that they don't know who they're talking to. Examples that, you know, that I think of recently, I'll put something out on LinkedIn or Twitter. And two days later, I'll get a, an automated email that says, hey, by the way, did you see this news? And I'm like, yeah, I did, because I actually tweeted it two days ago. Right. They have no idea who I am or I was on a support call yesterday with AT&T and I was trying, you know, since I'm remodeling my house, I wanted to move like my internet and TV service. Well, my internet service asked me who I use for TV. I said, "Well, I use DirecTV." And so then I had to go talk to the DirecTV person. They're like, "Hey, who do you use for internet service?" And I'm like, "I use you guys, you know. Hey, where's your cell service?" I'm like, "It's with you guys." I'm like, "I have, you know, I am like the stuck customer and you guys have no idea who I am." So so I think what happens is everything is so complex, which is what we fight against, right? We're fighting against all the complexity. And then I have all these automation pieces that it's very easy to send out messages, it's very difficult to tailor it to a specific person, which is where a SDR comes in, right? Some of the best things that, that we've seen is, you know, if if I can create a message for a specific person in a specific situation that is completely tailored to, you know, his current environment and maybe his project, that is the best use of time. Yeah, maybe I get one or two of those out in a day. But, you know, I'm very effective, right? You know, a a lion only needs to catch, you know, one buffalo every once in a while. But he's, you know, he's stalking the buffalo and he's using his team and using the pride to kind of hunt. And then they kill and then they don't have to eat for a while, right? Whereas, uh, you know, somebody that's foraging all the time and they're just looking under rocks, you know, frantically because they don't know where their next meal comes from. I think that's kind of the the delineation. So I would say just – you know success is you know make it relevant but you know a lot of a lot of teams maybe put too much pressure on on growth and that you know you can't be that re- that that tailored all the time so i i think it's kind of a you know chicken and the
1: egg yeah i you know i i completely agree there there's a push pull out there in the sales development community because the prototype was what salesforce did with their sales development team and and the book came out predictable revenue and it's like kind of based on a large number of activities happening And then those activities converting into appointments and revenue, and people are still trying to run it in a way that worked maybe 15 years ago. But because of all the new technologies that you mentioned, there's just this huge number of messages that are going out that are not tailored, and it becomes noise, right? And so... I think there's like a transition period happening right now where people realize that they have to do personalization and, and tailor the message and have it be at the right time to the right person and things like that. But yet the management systems of sales development haven't figured out how to optimize to that. And so the default is just mass messaging and it keeps going on and on. It's, it's, it's a weird transition period right now, it seems.
2: Yeah. And, and it, it may just be, you know, who is managing the group, right? So, so Aaron Ross talks in predictable revenue about sales role specialization. And, you know, I think, I think people just need to break it down into parts. Like how do people actually buy this and where are the, you know, where are the bottlenecks and where do they get stuck? So just put put people there, right? So if, if they don't get stuck at trialing the product, don't have people convincing people to try the product right they get stuck later on the cycle and and you know maybe you know aaron was at salesforce like early 2000s 2005 something like that and maybe that's like the age of all the managers now right they're still doing it the old way because if if you grew up doing it that way and you didn't have to really use all the online tools like you still think that hey You know, I need you to make 65 dials today because that's what works. And, you know, if you if you look at any voicemail return, right, it's like less than one percent. But I think you just need to get it through your mind that leaving a voicemail is okay. Just don't expect, you know, a return call because basically you're giving someone homework. Like don't call them and ask them to call you back. Just maybe call them and give them some information like, hey, I've got a, a webinar presentation. I would love for your team to check it out. Here it is, right? Just leave it at that. Like you can do that 65 times a day pretty easily.
1: Yeah, uh, totally. And, and, you know, and probably because of my business, I help SDR teams, you know, to get up to speed. But, and so I see all the negative <laughs> out there. But I mean, the number one thing that I see is the, the SDRs, like they have all these tools and, and all this stuff to support them, but they're just like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, I, I'm, getting all these different messages I got all these tools I you know I'm just kind of struggling here to get some traction and set up appointments and my boss wants you know eight appointments qualified each month or 10 or 20 the number that somebody made up so they're really struggling as well you know they're kind of getting it from both ends. The prospects are inundated with information, and the management is pushing them for you know activities versus you know what you're talking about, which might actually work, which is you know personalization and, and tailoring. So,
2: yeah, I think you know when the when the SDRs when they don't know what's going on and and they're stuck and maybe they're confused at the at the steps. It's because they don't really understand the whole journey, right? It's kind of like cooking. So I can read a recipe and understand the steps, but unless I do it, I don't really understand the entire journey. And I always take it back to the first time I tried to roll sushi. So I followed the recipe and I got – you know, I cooked my rice and I started rolling all these sushi rolls and it was a nightmare, right? I just didn't realize how sticky the rice was. And I, you know, I didn't know all of the problems that I was going to have. It was just, it stuck to the knife, right? So like each slice of the roll, it was just like tearing it, right? And it was all over my hands. It was all over the kitchen, but it didn't say anything like that in the recipe book. Now, the second time I did sushi, you know, I wet the knife, I wet my hands, I had slick surfaces. It was, you know, over 100% faster and over 100% more effective, right? Because I understood the whole journey. I understood the problems. And I think a lot of times we ask the SDR or inside salespeople to do something. And basically they just want validation that they're in the right spot, that they're doing the right things. And I think you just need to take a step back and invest time in those resources, because think about it. That's the first touch from your company into a new customer. So it needs to be pretty polished. And I don't really think a lot of people think of it that way.
1: So, you know, going off that analogy, what is, what is a way that an SDR, you know, they're, they're in a narrow function. They're trying to get appointments with people and they're under all this pressure. What are one or two ways that they could, you know, get the whole recipe of the sushi and, and understand the bigger picture of how they fit in and, you know do that themselves because they're usually not getting a lot of support from other people and they got to kind of figure it out themselves. I think, you know, one you said they're not getting a lot of support from
2: from people, go put them in the support organization. If you already have customers, don't even train them. Just go put them in support and have them answer support calls or support emails, right? If they understand what's coming in, hey, I'm having a problem with this. Or, you know, I'm trying to solve this issue. Like one, they're learning the product. And then two, they're learning what the customers are actually doing with the product. And three, they're building an arsenal of stories that they can tell on the front end. Right. So when they call into a company. And, you know, they're talking about a specific situation and, and they say, hey, you know, I talked to a customer. He had this exact situation. Here's how they were solving it. Right. So I think put them in the support organization, because one, if you have customers, then you know, those need to be acted upon pretty quickly. And it teaches everybody at the same time. And then they understand the whole journey. They're like, oh, okay, our customers are solving this problem with our product or service. And uh, if I call on the front end, like now I can close the loop and now I kind of get it.
1: Yes. And, you know, I love that idea. That's that's spot on. You know, what I'm kind of thinking is that people need pipeline you know, they need appointments for their sales team. They might've hired the sales team first and then thought about, oh, we've got to get some pipeline and some appointments. So let's hire SDRs and start demand gen. And there's a, there's a rush. There's a rush. We got to get them in. We got to get them up to speed. We got to get them on the phone, start making a hundred calls. You know, it's very rushed. And what I'm hearing, what you're suggesting is, Hey, let's slow the F down here. <laughs> like we, first, first and foremost, they're, they're going to, we're setting people up for failure. If they don't, if they don't talk to your customers, if they don't know anything about what they're doing, if they can't see the big picture let's slow it down a little bit. So we have that education process first and not put so much pressure on them from the, from the get go. I I would think.
2: Yeah. I mean, maybe, you know, it, again, I think it depends on, on your product, right? Because yeah. it, it may not be that you have to go that slow, but you really do need to invest because those guys are, they're spending a hundred percent of their time to help a guy that probably makes, you know, three or four times the salary in terms of a direct salesperson that, you know, he needs pipelines. So you need to do whatever, you know, is possible to help him. But, you know, 100% of your job is just, you know, use the phone and, and get appointments. And, you know, anybody that's done that for some number of time, it's a pretty tough job. I mean, you get beat up all the time. It takes a specific, you know, type of character to, uh, you know, to receive the the negativity and kind of the, the punishment, right? But, the amount that you learn in talking to that many people is uh, you know it's probably like 2x 3x the actual time that you've invested right and you can you can learn 3 months or of material in a month so i i think it depends on on the speed
1: yeah it does and and it also makes me think it's being careful in the recruiting process because another thing i see a lot is It's like, hey, we got to spin up a SDR team. Let's recruit a bunch of people, get them in the seat, you know, just accelerate that whole process. But if you take a step back and and you look at it that, you know, we're really investing in the future of the company here. And this person could, like your example, Scott, I mean, they could do the SDR job for a while, get into sales, get into marketing, rise up, you know, be around for quite a few years, but you got to get the right person at 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 the upfront.
2: Yeah, I I think you do have to get the right person and and I think people weed themselves out pretty quickly. They're like, wow, this is much more difficult than than I thought it was gonna be. And then if they're good, they know they're good and they wanna get out of that function pretty quick because they see, you know, they see the type of value that they're delivering to the sales team. They're like, Hey, you know, I wanna be on the other side of this equation and I wanna have somebody like me helping me. But a lot of times what happens is, you know, when they move from SDR to sales, you know, they don't get another SDR as good as they were. Right. So, you know, it's just work and these companies are are big, especially the companies that that I've dealt with. And I think it just, you know, you always want to have the the best talent. Right. And just to retain and kind of train that talent. So I, I think recruiting is a big portion, but you know a lot of sdrs they're picked right out of college or right after their first sales job and you know they're just there's a there's a lot of potential so i think you just you know like you said earlier you got to you got to invest
1: yeah definitely and and you know it it's one byproduct of you know the the sdr movement and and all all the stuff that's been going on is that uh, a lot of account executives don't want to prospect anymore when they get out of the SDR organization they're just like dude i did that for 2 years like i never want to make another cold call again but it it's kind of you're shooting yourself in the foot because even if you become an account executive you, you still have to consistently prospect i mean you there's no like uh, you know, surrender on the, the day that you get promoted? Because uh, if you're leaving that to just the SDR, then I think you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot.
2: Yeah. I mean, you need to look at the entire value chain. Like, you know, some people or some salespeople may be fortunate enough not to have to do that because they're, you know, they're in a situation where they got a, a couple of big accounts and they can grow that. and And basically they're, they're you know, they're prospecting by default by going laterally in an organization. But if you're trying to open new accounts all the time, then, you know, those guys are, are hungry and, and they're smart. You know, they'll always prospect. If if uh, if you find a salesperson not prospecting, then, you know, I think maybe you, you got like a, a misalignment, let's call it.
1: Yeah, they're <laughs> probably not going to be a salesperson for that long. That's a really good point. Well, Scott, this has been really interesting, and I appreciate your take on the on the function. And again, we'll, we'll put your podcast in the show notes. Should people just go to thescottking.com dot com to to learn more about you, or is there other resources?
2: Yeah, that's probably the best spot is uh, thescottking.com. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn and Twitter. You can reach out to me there and uh, I'll, I'll answer any questions that uh, that come my way.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us on the show and, and, and
0: thanks for all the input. Hey, thanks a lot, David. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast. The only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development with your host, David Delaney. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.